It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What is up? Welcome in to the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, glad you're here. Glad you uh, survived week five. Um, I personally have a team that I started in my two wide receiver slots, DJ Moore and Jamar Chase. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Jonathan currently isn't here, but Justin and Alex, both of you are here. How are y'all doing today? Overall, doing well. I have a lot of DJ Moore shares, so I this week looked good for me. Um, lots of big injuries. I know we'll get into it, but also got devastated. It felt like not even on Monday or Sunday. I feel like today was a devastating injury day, so we'll get into it, but it's, uh, it's a little, little good and a little bad. Yeah, I'm feeling good, doing well in my personal life, fantasy-wise. Uh, kind of got kicked in the butt this last week as far as my takes. I think I was over on about everything I said on the podcast last week. Um, so from here on out, you can listen to me, but just do the exact opposite and you'll be in a good spot. So <laughs> I'm glad that you can differentiate personal life and like fantasy football life, because for me, it all just runs together. So if I have yeah. a bad week in fantasy, it's just, it's not going to be a good week. So yeah, I, I had to find that, uh, within me because the highs can sometimes be really high and the lows really low with fantasy. So personal life, you got to re- remove from that for sure. It just makes the wins so much better. And I'm just a glutton for punishment every time that that the opposite happens. But like you just have to you just have to know the weeks to like just turn fantasy off at like I know. And I if know. you can if you can do that, if you have the self control at like two o'clock on this those really bad weeks, your mental health is just great. But sometimes I just sit through it and just watch the world burn around me and it's terrible. <laughs> I know it it it, especially like once daylight savings times hit, it's just like sun. There's always like just one awful Sunday where it's like all of my matchups are over by three. And then next thing you know, it's already dark outside and it's time to go back to work the next day. Anyways, we're getting off track. But like Alex was saying, we have injuries to talk about specifically. Uh, Justin Jefferson was put on IR and uh, Devon A-Chain, A-Chan, however you want to say it. Um, is awaiting to be put on IR. Maybe not, but um, looks like he's at least going to miss a couple weeks. So, where are we at with these injuries? What are um, what are some action steps we can be taking with these massive holes in our lineups now? Yeah, I think the the Justin Jefferson one is a little bit more tough than maybe the HN one, just because for HN there's a couple guys even on his team like Jeff Wilson who's coming off IR who you can pick up and maybe get. 60% of the value there, um, along with some other waiver wire running backs. The Jefferson one's just tough because it's like you can't really replace him. He's doing he's doing this right as you know Jamar Chase is taken off, right as soon as Cooper Cup's back. So if you had Jefferson and you got that early first round pick with him, you've been feeling good so far relative to some of the other first round wide receivers so far this year, but the it's kind of starting to flip a little bit where you're not going to have him, and there's really not a good replacement. And, uh, you know, we can talk about KJ Osborne or whatever, but this is just something you got to write out and hope you can patch it together long enough until he gets back. Yeah. It's a, you know, I, I'm, I have a, I have a few shares of Justin Jefferson, and it's like 
whenever you take Justin Jefferson 101 at the 201 or at the two, whatever, at the two, three turn, it's you want to take those shots on upside and, or you want to, a lot of players around those turn, that turn hasn't really panned out. Like there's teams with Justin Jefferson and Jonathan Taylor and T Higgins. And, you know, and it's like, that's a scary starting three to have, you know? And so it's a, yeah, it's, it's a lot of unknown and, you know, waivers are going to be crazy tonight. We're recording Tuesday night. Um, But, you know, I think KJ Osborne's interesting. I think Jordan Addison's interesting. Justin, what do you think? What do you think like Jordan Addison's ceiling is while Justin Jefferson's out? I mean, I think realistically it could be super high. Um, I mean, even what was it week one or two, obviously when Jefferson was still there, Addison had that monstrous game. Um, I, I don't think it's clearly him though. I feel like a lot of times I'm watching the Vikings and I see like a, an end zone target or something. I'm like, Oh, it's Jefferson. And it ends up being like KJ Osborne or something. So I think, I think it'll be split uh, more than, it might seem because you're like Addison already had the huge game. Um, but I think KJ Osborne will get a lot of those vacated targets too. So I'm, I like taking a chance on both of them. Um, if they're on your waivers, obviously pick them up. I think Osborne's going to be a lot more available than Addison. Um, but it's, it's not clear cut for me there. Are we all in on that Addison? Like not all in, like, like 100%, but are all three of us like, yeah, he's at least a wide receiver too. Should be started every week. I think he has to be. I mean, he's not going to be on your waiver wire right now, but I think he, and you're not going to be able to get him in a trade now, but I think if you have him on your roster, it's it's never to say it's a good situation when someone gets hurt, but like if you're a Jordan Addison owner for his value solely, this is like best case scenario because he's played well. He's gotten a pretty decent target share as a rookie, but he's been very touchdown dependent. So this is probably best case scenario for him to up the targets. And then we know he kind of has a knack for the, the end zone. So I think low end wide receiver two, mid mid wide receiver two, like that's, that's the territory we have to rank him in going forward until we see otherwise. Justin, were you going to add anything to that? Uh, I was just checking myself week one and two. He, he had 16 both weeks. So not monstrous games, but very respectable games and showed that he can do it multiple weeks in a row. Um, and he could also go and drop zero like he did against Carolina. So I think he is in that wide receiver two range for me, but I'm not surprised if he, <laughs> if he disappoints you. So uh, let's keep moving. Let's talk about the bears. Uh, Thursday night was a little crazy. Um, Justin Fields kind of got back. Uh, DJ Moore got back. Um, he didn't just get back. He went nuclear and uh, Cole Komet, also looked stable in a tight end landscape that has looked pretty bad so far this season. So I guess let's talk through the bears and are we believing it or are we selling high or where are we at with these guys? Yeah. So this is where my takes from last week uh, already start showing that they were not good. Uh, I said that we would not see what fields did in week four again, all season with his arm. And he went and threw for four touchdowns again, just like he did the previous week. So um, I, I mean, you know, this is tough for me here because I still just see him as so dependent on rushing. Um, But he's proven that he can, he can do it in back-to-back weeks. And as far as DJ Moore goes, I mean, 
he's the Comet got a touchdown, but DJ Moore's the top option for him by far. And as long as Fields keeps doing what he's doing, I like DJ Moore to keep right up with him. Um, so I think I think I'm gonna be a little smarter this time around and not bet against Fields. Um, but you know, take that with a grain of salt because I said he would be continue to not have the passing and he did. I'm confused, I guess, to say there. <laughs> I want to be in. but To put some color around that, too, he only had 15 completions. That's true. Thursday. And four of them were touchdowns. Also, a lot of those DJ Moore touchdowns were not, like, I don't know, seven-yard passes, and he broke yeah. them off because they can't tackle. So I think, think it's about that, too. I think it's more of like a DJ Moore conversation because I think Justin Fields, he also saw – back to kind of what we're used to seeing more up to like the 11 10 11 12 rushes that he typically we we would typically come to predict for him to be fantasy relevant which we know gives him that floor but i mean yeah 15 completions like that it wasn't a great night it just looked amazing and because the numbers were so big we just didn't really look too deep into it but i think you're gonna get these games from him similarly to like lamar jackson he's gonna have those games where he throws you know, three or four touchdowns, it's going to look awesome. But then he's also going to have those days where his arm just looks awful, but he gets you some floor, just some baseline safety net, you know, 10, 15, 18 fantasy points just from his legs. So I think obviously if you can sell high after that big of a week, I would do it. But I think DJ Moore is maybe the interesting one. We knew his yards after the catch ability was what was intriguing with this offense, especially with Justin Fields arm. I just I don't know where we rank him rest of season because we don't expect, you know, him to average, you know, 203 every week, but he's now even whenever they were having a bad couple of weeks, he was still fantasy relevant. So where is he rest of season for y'all? Uh um, Oh, you want to take I mean, he, for for me he's a wide receiver one. Wow, okay. Like I and, I don't know why I say and, wow. Um well, I can so, see that. So here's what I say with that is like I hear you whenever you say he only had 15 completions and you are correct. You only had 15 completions. And I'm going to say the other side of that. The reality is there's truth somewhere in the middle of it that you have to hold in tension, but like Justin Fields only had 15 completions, but he can't help that he had like two 70 yard touchdowns to DJ Moore, Right. And so, you know, it's like, the reason why I say DJ Moore is a wide receiver one rest of season is because there are talented wide receivers in the NFL, but even talented wide receivers in the NFL don't drop a 47 point game. Like there's, that's just a whole different level of talent. Like we're talking about Jordan Addison as a wide receiver too. Like even, even if we knew Jefferson was out rest of season, there is 99.9% chance he's not going to have a 47 point game or, you know, like we're at the point now that we're talking about DJ Moore in the same category as, and we'll get to him later. But like, I think DJ Moore's in the Chris Olave, Amon Ra, Waddle, Higgins, Devonta Smith, DK, IU conversation. And those are all fringe wide receiver ones, at least in my yeah. head. Yeah. And I would take him over those just based on talent alone and even how they're just scheming him up because he's, you know, we did, we did mention Cole Komet, I guess, from a fantasy perspective, if you have Cole Komet, you're going to just start him like the tight end landscape. So bad. He's the tight end three on the year right now. Like you just got to play that. But I think DJ Moore is the, not only the primary target, but he's kind of like the first, like two or three reads on his team. And 
I'd, I'll take I'd that as, and get it. I'd go as far to say he's the only target receiver wise. Uh, he had 230 of Justin Fields, 282 yards. Like that's insane. Well, and I want to say he he had the, he was the only wide receiver that had a reception that game. Yeah, I could yeah. be wrong on that. I th- but I think no, he, I think you're no, right. You're right. Alex, you you said whenever I list all those people or all those wide receivers, you said you'd take him over them. So I just want to make sure I heard that right because I I was tracking with like Waddle and Higgins and Smith, but you would take him over Amon Ra. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's the closest one for me. That's I don't I don't think I would take him above anybody else, but I think he has more. Like Amon Ra is not going to come out with a forty five point game. Amon Ra is more of your PPR floor, but I think I take DJ Moore. Behind, you know, an AJ Brown, but ahead sure. of an Amon Ra. Yeah, I think that's a good. So, like at that point, we're talking about top five. I mean, I guess Jefferson is the hard one there, but just assume Jefferson's health, right? Jefferson, Chase, Cup, Hill, Diggs, AJ Brown. So top seven. Yeah, Devonte Adams is maybe the hard one. I still take Adams probably over him. I would but, take DJ more over Adams, but I'm low on Adams. So yeah, and then Amon Ra, CD Lamb, that's a hard one. I think I'd take DJ more, but it's I mean it's that there's those three or four receivers that are about in that same tier. That I I mean he's entered that he's entered that chat. So <laughs> he's entered that chat. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, Bears are super interesting. Um, the Bears are, we could be so wrong on the Bears that this may also be a clip that we want to save for next year. Anyways, uh, let's talk about Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I started Jonathan Taylor everywhere I had him, even though they said that they'll kind of split work. I thought, hey, split work, Jonathan Taylor. I'll still take that. And I was wrong. Zach Moss looked like Jonathan Taylor. So um, I guess what are we doing? Let's not even talk long term. Let's just talk this week. Like, are we starting Jonathan Taylor again? And I think a bigger question is, are we starting Zach Moss if we have him? I, so I'd love to give like a really good like statistical analysis on this, but I think you have to stay in the flames with Zach Moss until he turns back into a pumpkin. We've seen him long enough that we know he's going to turn back into Zach Moss, but I think you just have to play him until he does, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big play them until they prove you wrong fantasy manager. So the league that I have Moss in, I'm definitely playing him again. And to your point, Braden, about the the split work, it was six carries for Taylor to 23 for Moss. So it's like yeah, he got no the tiniest slice of that cake. So it- um, long term, though, I'm not worried. I mean, Taylor will reassume the lead role in that background or uh, backfield. So I just think you're playing Moss till he proves you wrong. And then for sure, continuing to play Taylor and hoping it's sooner rather than later that he gets back to form. Well, let me ask you this. Where does Taylor? So if we're, if we're just saying we're going to play, say you play Moss as a running back two, maybe even I'm okay. Like high end RB three, you just, you kind of want him in your lineups to some degree until he's bad. But here's the next three matchups for the Colts. Jacksonville, their defense looks great. Cleveland, we know what their defense is, and the New Orleans. So, right into your point, short term with Taylor here. I mean, is he a? Are you playing him as a running back three until he has his Jonathan Taylor, you know, moment? Is that because like the, there is an argument that if Jonathan Taylor had twenty three rushes attempts, yeah, list last Sunday, 
he does what Zach Moss does and probably more, right? They just didn't give him the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, it's easy for me to say I won't play Zach Moss because I don't have a single share of him, but <laughs> I, I I agree with y'all. You have to play him. The thing with Jonathan Taylor, if you have him, is I think that it's just going to be increased snap percentage. I think it's going to be probably 50-50 this week, personally. And the reason why, I think we were talking about this, we were texting about it, but like we have to remember Jonathan Taylor hasn't been with the team. He hasn't practiced at all. Like Gardner Minshew was not even there last year, and so Jonathan Taylor has no rapport with him. And so it's like... Yeah, now there was Anthony Richardson. Was yeah, last week, and, yeah, and and so like Minshew is having to try and win a game that he was thrown into, and who are they playing again? Jack, oh, they played Tennessee. They played Tennessee, oh, yeah. So yep. inter interdivisional game. It's like, so, you know, I, I think that we're just going to see increased snaps for Jonathan Taylor as they practice. If if Jonathan Taylor did not have a contract extension now, I would be a lot more worried. And mm-hmm. I, if you're one and four, it's scary. Like you, there's no more playing around at one and four, but even if I'm two and three, three and two, I'm not super worried. And I'm just going to have to keep starting John Taylor. So. And I, I would even say we had these conversations in the off season around Anthony Richardson, that we don't know what he's going to do for the offense, but we do know that if Gardner Minshew ever does step in, and this was a part of a value for Jonathan Taylor at draft day and Michael Pittman, that we believe that Gardner Minshew probably elevates both of them just from a talent perspective because he's gonna dunk, he's gonna dink and dunk a little bit more to Jonathan Taylor, and he's obviously gonna spread the ball to Michael Pittman. Now Anthony Richardson has been fine; he's been better than we expected. He's provided plenty of value for those players, but I think there's a little bit of an uptick in this offense with Gardner Minshew just for the other fantasy assets, but Jonathan Taylor also included. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Minshew's not gonna cut into any rushing like. Richardson does yeah. so for sure um speaking of rushing let's talk about a team that is known for rushing but threw the ball a ton this week uh let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons Desmond Ritter throwing for a career high um attempts and yardage did he how many touchdowns did he have Justin do you know he he just had one yeah uh, just one that's not that's, that's 329 yards and, you might have already and, said that and he actually had 38 attempts in week three. So he had 37 Ooh. last week. Oh, almost career high. Wow. Actually, <laughs> looking at it now, we were, talk- we were talking about it before the pod about how he had so many attempts, and you just mentioned that. But week two through five, he went 32, 38, 31, 37. So he's been throwing the ball, just been off what? target. So what this means is they are playing fast football. I mean – they're running a ton of plays. And so uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London for the first time in their careers, both had 75 yards together on the same day. Um, are we believing this continues for Kyle Pitts and Drake London? Or are we, is this like the very, very, very last cell window for Kyle Pitts specifically? I'm I think it's trying just... to sell. <laughs> Go ahead, Huff. I think it's somewhere in the middle for me. Okay. Because we have seen Ritter's attempts fairly consistent. He just hasn't been able to connect them. His fantasy value is inflated a little bit this last week from a rushing touchdown. But I think they're they're going to start putting things together. I don't think this is going to be a breakout season for Kyle Pitts. I don't think it's going to be a breakout season for Drake London. But I think 
this week, along with some of the things that don't show up in the box score of the last couple of weeks, prove that there's at least some relevance that can be had from both of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. It's just going to be tempered expectations. So I don't I don't know if there's a sell high window with either of them because I don't think anyone believes just one week is popped. But I think you will get weeks like this going forward. You're just not going to know when to have that when they're going to have them. Yeah, and so for that reason, uh, that's why I say you sell high because I don't want to sit around and play the game of like, do I think Drake London or Kyle Pitts are going to go off? Because I feel like it's going to be maybe every third or fourth week, and I just I don't want to play with that. So. I'm trying to sell high. Like, obviously, you're probably not going to get insane value. I mean, you'll get decent, but you, yeah, you just you just got to navigate that as far as you know if who you're getting back is more consistent value. I'm definitely taking that, and this is for me the highest you're going to be able to sell them this season. So I'm trying to do that. Yeah, and the other piece of that is we're still only being five weeks in. I know every app that I look at, you're kind of looking at defensive like rankings and you're trying to figure out is a good matchup is a bad matchup like it shows green matchups for you know like detroit and jacksonville the the falcons last two weeks but we know both of those defenses are very good now they're just the stats are not catching up to them we're like it's showing what their ranking overall in the season is and then this last week was washington was houston and the next week they have washington so i think we do know Washington does look pretty bad. So maybe give him one more week to kind of make an assumption on, at least I'm giving him one more week to kind of just see how it plays out. And if, I mean, if I can get six targets, seven targets a game for Kyle Pitts at the tight end position with his athletic athleticism, like I, I think I will take that going forward. It's a, it's not pretty football necessarily, unless Bijan has the ball, then it's just, that abs- it's just absolutely fake behind the back looking like <laughs> Allen Iverson out there. There's like the Falcons post a clip like every week and it's like some camera they have like it's overhead. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like every stadium has it, but no one else have seen publish it. It's just only been Bijan clips and yeah, they're just absolutely like beautiful at like his like behind the back thing. Absolutely amazing. It um, also makes me so mad because those get those like videos get released and like everybody that I'm following, like the NFL stuff, post them at the same time. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll just open Instagram and they're all right there. And it's like yeah. the same well, play. I'm just like, yeah. it's like somebody do an original post. We'll have one person post it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some players we may be worried about. Um, we kind of just jotted some down. Let's let's tackle Ramondre Stevenson. Are we worried about Ramondre Stevenson? Yes. No, I not am, yet. You're not. I think you are a Stevenson faithful because <laughs> I am worried. <laughs> I do have him. Uh, it's just gone and- down. It's been a downtrend for five weeks. It's like okay, but but okay. He's played Philadelphia. Miami is fine. The Jets. Dallas and New Orleans. Like outside of San Francisco and maybe Pittsburgh, those are some of the better defenses, especially the rush defenses in the league. And I mean, the offense is a concern in New England, I think overall. So that's maybe the biggest argument for this. But like, and I I was kind of waiting for a buy low window this week with Ramondre, just watching his matchups. I don't know if they're going to keep playing Mac Jones. I think that's a factor in this. Like he's starting to worry me a little bit more, but I think he will still get enough work 
or he'll be okay. Yeah, I I just I look at it and you know, stats are one thing, but the eye test is another. And when I watch the Patriots, it's it's been bad. And week by week, I feel like they've been getting beat by more and more and their offense is doing less and less. And Ramondre has followed that trend too. It's not like he's been um able to still get his. And so you're right about the they've played really good defenses. I'll give you that. Um, but 2.4 points when you're, when you've just been scoring less and less and less. And now we're at two, maybe this is rock bottom and he turns around and starts going up, but I don't love the trend I'm seeing. And I'm worried. I mean, yeah, they got behind early though. He only had eight carries. I mean, that, that was kind of like, I had him in a lot of leagues and I benched him this week because it, it was projecting to be a terrible matchup. Yeah. And that was the saints. Like they have a good defense, but they're not a great team. And so if they're getting behind early against the Saints like that. Yeah, this Las Vegas matchup next week will really tell, I think, the full story. But so maybe like maybe like yellow flag. I'm not fully out yet, but I'm like, I'm sitting there. I sent a really, really, really low offer to a team that has lots of running backs. and I don't have a lot of running backs, so we'll see what he says. I don't know. I think you convinced me to at least like not give up. His matchups have been bad. And so. Huffer. Just get a, a little extra Pepto-Bismol before Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Huff, are you still playing him this week when you're waiting to find out what he does against Las Vegas, or are you waiting to find out before you play him? I definitely have him in rosters. There's one roster, our League of Record, where I don't have to have him, and so I have no reason to put my money where my mouth is on this, but I have like two, two of him in two other places that I'm playing him. And I think maybe we can talk about it we do maybe our post will come out on this, but I think he's a serviceable RB two this week against Las Vegas. Yeah, it's not flashy. It's definitely not what you drafted him to be, but I think he's serviceable. What about Javante? He's the next guy on our list. Where are we feeling about Javante? I don't know. <laughs> do I have to answer this? I mean, someone needs to answer it because I don't I'm want the, to. I'm the one that's the most scared about it. So this was like my. This is my guy too in the offseason. Like this is a guy I've been championing. I've been buying him everywhere. He, he I thought he was actually going to get I thought he was going to get the Brees Hall treatment of last week before Brees Hall did. And it just hasn't worked out that way. I think I think he's a, a I'm panicking on him for sure. I you can't really sell him low at this point, but like I think it's not looking good. This offense is looking terrible. I don't know what Sean – I trust in Sean Payton just over his track record, but I have no idea what he's doing. Um, I think in Dynasty, Javante is a very nice buy low if you can do that because he will be around long enough and surely something will turn around in Denver at some point. Um, but I, I think you have to panic, right? I don't. I, you can't play him. I Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm currently panicking because I've been out on him. So this isn't a new thing for me. Um, I watched him and Michael Carter back at North Carolina. And I know this is an NFL fantasy podcast, not a college football podcast, but they were fun to watch and they looked good. And I was like, I think these guys are going to, you know, kill it in the NFL since they've gotten to the NFL. Obviously Michael Carter has, you know, been with the jets and not done anything really. Javante's shown a little bit more promise, but he still has not 
given us what we have hoped for. And also he's just been so injury prone. Like, I think that is something that worries me about him too. Is well, he I ever going to outrun injury, that? Well, I mean, injury prone, like one big injury, right? And he looked amazing last year before the injury. And we we do know, I mean, it's it. we were getting off-season reports that he was going to come back. We kind of thought, oh, he's kind of obviously ahead of the timeline compared to Brees Hall. It looks like Brees Hall is actually recovering quicker. This is all, all pretty normal for a recovery of like the size and the scope that Javante Williams had that it's usually going to take the first half of the season. I'm just more worried about the offense. I'm not really worried about Javante's talent. I think when the offense gets back, whether it's, I mean, they're not going to fire Sean Payton, obviously, but once this offense gets something going, Javante is going to be great. I just don't have faith that the offense is going to turn around anytime soon. I think realistically it's going to be, I mean, now that he's back and McLaughlin, McLaughlin looks good. I think it's probably going to be one a one so fast. I think it's going to be one a one B Javante McLaughlin. And I think that P Ryan is the odd man out. That's yeah, what yeah. I, that's I what I them. personally think I I could see, I could see P Ryan getting maybe five or six touches a game. That's yeah, he's, I think P Ryan's droppable. Yeah. I got yeah. offered P Ryan in a trade today and it overall, the trade wasn't that far off, but just taking on P Ryan, I was like, I'm declining this like it that just does not feel like something I want to mess with like he's he's droppable for sure like you said uh James Cook negative yardage we can kind of move quickly with James Cook I guess unless y'all really feel that strongly where are y'all at with him I I personally think he's more of a volatile play anyways I think he can get a couple touchdowns then get involved in the receiving game but it's just the game script didn't call for that and so I'm I'm probably I'm I'm not super worried about James Cook, but he's not gonna be like a an RB one necessarily. That's probably where I'm at. I still like James Cook. Um I don't see him as as volatile as you do. Um I mean he's still up until this week when he did go negative, that was that was tough. But um he still had double digit floor for the first four weeks. And I mean I think I think that's reasonable to think that aside from this week that's what that's what he'll he'll have going forward um he's got the giants next week which should be a bounce back game for him um yeah he's only got the one touchdown last week he got that um so i'd like to see him get in the end zone more get some more opportunities down by the goal line but i still i think the outlook on james cook for me is positive and i'm still playing him as an rb2 or flex yeah i think it's saying the same thing though He's just RB2, kind of like low-end RB2 with some upside. He's He, he does get the targets. He still is playing about 60% of the snap share, which you obviously want to see that a little higher. I don't think that's going to happen. He's just going to be game script dependent. Fortunately, the Bills are going to be leading in a lot of games, but you know, contrary to some of the other elite teams in the league, the Bills kind of have tendencies to play down to their competition. So um, I don't think he's as consistent of a running back to lead the backfield on like a winning team that you would expect when you think, Oh, he's on the bills. They're going to be great. Well, they don't, they do lead, but they, they do play down to their competition too. So um, I don't know. I think, I think RB two is a great and just a great standard. Um, Let's, let's kind of lump these two next guys together. Uh, Derek Henry and CD lamb. Are we any concern on these guys? Are we trying to sell while we can? Are we still, great with them being the the top 
like the second round talent we drafted. I think with Lamb, it's a, I think you just got to ride this out. This is going to come and go. We were just talking about him when we talked about the DJ Moore situation. Like, I think he's in that conversation. Devontae Adams. Uh, I think if you can get CeeDee Lamb for cheaper than that, I think you have to do it. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. Henry's one of those. We were talking about this a little before the pod. He's got, he kind of has, he typically has just monster game after monster game, but he will occasionally have some spurts where he has a couple down games. Uh, the off the Tennessee offense looks bad. I think he might actually be a good buy lower right now because Tajay Spears has been getting some work. They've just been in kind of a weird situation in some game scripts where he hasn't gotten that much that the, his typical workload. Um, and so I think if you can capitalize on that, I'm playing Derrick Henry until Derrick Henry turns into not Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, he's not until a guy until that... he takes on a new name or. What are, what are we waiting for there? <laughs> he's he's not a guy that I am actively like trying to go by, but he's also a guy that if I look in to see who I'm playing against and if they have Derrick Henry on their team, I'm just he's like a top five player that I'm the most scared of. You know, yeah. it's like Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase are in that conversation, and like Derrick Henry is still very much in that conversation. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, but like, like would you take would you go try to flip James Cook for Derrick Henry? Oh, yeah. Give me Henry. Yeah. And he's above, I mean, Ramon Jal, the guys we've talked about. Jonathan yes. Taylor or Derrick Henry rest of the season? If I am if I am three three and two, four and one, or five and oh, I will take Taylor. If I'm not, I would probably take Henry. Okay. So he's in that conditional piece with Jonathan Taylor. So he's about Jonathan Taylor value rest of the season. He's, he's so. about he's about Jonathan Taylor value, but I think Jonathan Taylor's yeah, just with the landscape. I like if I have a losing team right now, I don't have time to wait on Taylor. And I'd rather just take Henry personally. I, I assume Jacobs is higher, but would you take ETN or Kenneth Walker over Derek Henry? I would probably take ETN. Okay. I, Walker, I would take them both. Walker is interesting. I need to look, dive into Walker's stats. It seems like he's super touchdown dependent. I think he had one really efficient game, and the rest were more touchdown games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got two two touchdown games. Um, I don't know. I just I expect a long run from Walker, and like it it seems to hit most games, and that. If if he's having a down game, it usually saves it. And if he's having a good game, it just makes it a great game. So I like Walker um, over Henry. So yeah. I guess not concerned about Henry, but he's you're not returning the capital. You but I guess he was being drafted that, that second, third round sometimes. So yeah, Henry went late. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyron Williams or Derrick Henry. Kyron Williams is another guy we're kind of worried about. Where are we at? I take Derrick Henry. I would take Derrick Henry as well. That's pretty. I mean, pretty easy for me, honestly. So yeah, sorry. I I uh, I was. Come on, give be, us harder. To, give us to harder be honest, questions. To be bro. honest, I was I was a little divided in my brain. I was checking in on the Rangers score because they are up seven to one right now, and they are headed to the ALCS if they hold on to the win tonight. Anyways, um, hey Justin, I didn't realize this is an MLB podcast. Did sorry, you? sorry. Yeah, I brought college football. He brings MLB. You're I'm the only sorry. one staying true. I'm sorry. sorry, average pros fans. I got you. I know, I know. My bad. Um, 
Okay, so back to fantasy football, what actually matters, uh, what shapes my mood every week. Um, Kyron Williams, James Cook, Javante Ramondre. Let's kind of talk through those four guys. Where is Kyron Williams in that list for you? I think he's he's definitely higher than Ramondre, Javante. James Cook one's a little interesting. I think if I need wins now, I'd rather have Kyron Williams. I'm just afraid of Kyron Williams' like season value, honestly. But if I if I have the record and I have the ability to to flip a Kyron Williams into like a James Cook plus, I'm doing that in a heartbeat and sitting on James Cook. Yeah, I'd I'd probably go Javante, Ramondre for sure, the bottom two, and then it's close for me between Cook and Williams. Um, but I'm probably keeping Cook above Williams, but that's like I said, super close for me. I will it's probably just... sorry, go ahead. No, you I was gonna change. Finish this and then we'll uh yeah, the last thing I'll say about Kyron Williams is Philly was a really tough matchup, but he has Arizona this week and Pittsburgh next week, both of which are plus matchups for running the ball. And so I will still if I have Kyron Williams, I'm gonna hold on to those games and then maybe I'll sell before they play Dallas, but that's probably where I'm at with Kyron. I, I would probably th- this doesn't matter. We're trying to move on, but I would flip. Williams and Cook just because Williams can give you that RB1 game and Cook I think is hanging out at the RB2 at best. With HN out is Mostert in these conversations for y'all? I'm not worried about HN. Or sorry, I am worried about HN because he's hurt. I am well, not worried about he's doing Mostert. Well, <laughs> I'm saying would y'all put Mostert in like these conversations with Kyron Williams and James Cook or are you too worried about Jeff Wilson jumping in and taking too much of that work? I think I would rather have Mostert over anyone we've talked about in this segment, except for Derrick Henry. So Mostert's a low end running back one until further notice. Yeah, I guess I don't like being asked that question, but yeah, <laughs> the, pe- the people want to know. Uh, yeah, I yeah, you heard me. I think a thirty-one year old running back is a and fringe RB one rest of season. And by yeah, how, people, how, I, to- how... I totally don't mean me in my own <laughs> roster roster decisions. How crazy is it we're talking about Achan the rookie going on IR before Mostert the 31 year old? I know. We did not see that coming. No, we didn't. Um okay, last guy. Should we be worried about Olave? Is this a Alvin Kamara issue? Is it an AC sprain on Derek Carr's shoulder issue? Is it an Olave issue? And are we selling or are we buying low? For me, it's nowhere near an Olave issue. Um, Long term, I still like him. I think short term and maybe even rest of this season, I'm a little worried. Um, But, I mean, if you have him in Dynasty or Keeper or anything long term, I I would hang on to him and hope for better days. That's also me talking who in our League of Record, Dynasty League, got rid of him at one point, Amon Ross St. Brown and Devontae Smith. So, I have learned my lesson. You hang on to these young receivers and Olave will be back long-term in my opinion. That wasn't really what you asked. You asked this season, but that's what I have to offer. No, but I'm not super worried about Olave. I mean, if he's my wide receiver one, I'm pretty scared, but you know, we, we put a list down of like players we're trying to compare him to. And it's like the first player on that list is Amon Ra St. Brown. And I would take Amon Ra over Olave. But like that Waddle Smith Higgins tier is next. Where is Olave in that tier for you guys? For me, he's behind 
all three of those, um, which before the season he was ahead of those and he was ahead of Almond Raw for me um, in the offseason just because we thought he had the he had the most clear path to step forward into the alpha wide receiver one territory just with lack of competition and all that. Even in his games with Derek Carr, his yards per target is just it's very concerning. And obviously his targets have dropped off since Derek Carr has you know not played. But there are I think there are just some underlying statistical concerns with him as well that put him below Waddle, Higgins, Smith. I know we have other names. I I think I take DK over him as well, rest of season. You want to hear what his yards per target was the last two weeks? I'm gonna tell you anyways. 0.67 yep. last week and 2.4 this past week or this week. Hey, well, what was it? What was it? The first, what was it? The first three weeks? The first, first week was 11. That was great. Then yep. he had 7.8, 9.4. So even the, even weeks two and three with Derek Carr, we're talking average yards per target. He still, he still had okay fantasy days for you, but it wasn't, we're not talking like he was in elite territory. Yeah. I mean, Amon Ra's in that same tier, like as far as yards per target goes, like seven, eight. So, but not 0.67. Right. But <laughs> I, I, I hold to it's an AC sprain. That's where yeah. I'm at. And, you know, at this point, if I try to sell Olave, I'm not going to get, I don't think I can get any of these guys personally. And so I'm not going to make that trade. I'm just going to wait. And, because this is this is the worst it can be with his talent. I mean, th- we were talking about Chase this way three or four weeks ago, and like, look at me now. And like, th- before anyone like corrects me, like, no, I'm not saying Chris Olave is like the same tier as Jamar Chase, but like, they're both elite talents. And so, you know, I, I think I rank it Amon Ra, Olave, Smith, Higgins, Waddle. It's probably where I'm at. Oh well, that we did have for a different podcast. Why Waddle is so low there? I, I mean, I think it's just because he's performed the worst out of all those guys. Just been so injured. far. I mean, you didn't give Chris he's... Olave that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Olave hasn't been injured. It's been this, but I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I mean, I I have him below, but uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of splitting hairs so you would have you have olave ahead of i think the other three names Ayuk is the interesting one that i think deservedly jumped into this tier um a little bit of a mediocre game this last week but he's clearly the alpha um is is Ayuk, and then dk is the other one that he's just performing he's the alpha we're waiting to see what happens with jsn um Puka obviously outperformed them. All of these guys prior to Cooper Cup, it still looks like he's going to maybe settle in this tier. Are you taking Olave still over all three of those? DK, Ayuk, and Puka rest of season? If I had... It's hard for me to think about having Olave and trading for those guys. If I had DK, I would trade away DK to acquire Olave. If I had Puka, I would trade away Puka to acquire Olave. But if I had Ayuk, I would not trade Ayuk away to acquire Olave. And I love Olave. You want to hear a real man's yards per target stat? Ayuk in week four, 24.67 yards per target. Come on, Olave. Figure can, you it rem- out. can you remind me who Brandon Ayuk's quarterback is? 
Brock Purdy. Mm, yes, yes, it is. Purdy, Purdy boys rejoice. That's right. Uh, that's all I have. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? No, it's just, man, another week. These injuries hit hard, though, this week, I think. We didn't even talk about James Conner, and so it, it'll it be hey, interesting to see how things... Hey, good good injury news. Eckler said he's 99% sure he's playing, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and you he's have pat- him, you're happy. He's passed hopefully. his bye, so he's probably a great go-out-and-buy target if you can get him. Yeah, even buy high with the thought that that oh he's still questionable it's like i would still pay up to get him because he's passed his by and the running back landscape is just crazy yeah so. oh, only other injuries the saquon looks like he's maybe coming back next week do y'all know what's happening aaron jones i missed it it's kind of late on monday but yeah he... it was out of nowhere like I, I, all signs i saw i'm a packers fan all signs i saw pointed to him playing and then all of a sudden he didn't so that was I... very weird they've got their bye this next week though so I'm hoping he's back after that. Um, I think, and I, think I think that's what he can it was. only elevate this offense of the Packers. So, but I mean, like they needed him. <laughs> yeah, needed him. Yeah, I think they needed him. I'm just gonna be real honest. I don't think they needed him against the Raiders. Going, I, they, I don't game. think they thought that they did. <laughs> right. You know I mean? that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So I guess you live and you learn, and you go into your bye two and three. So, so he eight. might be he might be an acquired target too, though. After week six, coming out of a bye, if he's healthy. Yeah, just just throwing just just in case his name is being forgotten, which it probably has been. And the owners yeah. probably rightfully so. really needing him, and he can probably go get turn a Kyron Williams into Aaron Jones, maybe. Yeah, I would for sure do that. Awesome, y'all. Well, Jonathan, we missed you, um, and maybe you'll be back next week. Who knows? Anyways, thank y'all for listening. Um, if you would hit subscribe, leave us a review, that means a ton to us. Uh, follow us on social media um, anywhere you have it. We're on uh, Instagram. We are on Twitter X, whatever we call it nowadays. Um, we will have those linked in the show notes for you. Anyways, uh, we are the average pros. See you next week. Your time is valuable. And we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.